Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. Why can't I get my sugars down, complains Steve F., a 59-year-old obese male with type 2 diabetes. He takes his medications and checks his sugar twice a day, yet he remains frustrated, and I start to wonder if I should add a third agent to his metformin and his SGLT2 inhibitor, which is something I don't want to do. Steve is not consistent with dieting or exercising. He smokes and works as a day laborer for a small home repair contractor. On physical exam today, you notice when you look in his mouth that his gums have receded and they look inflamed. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today is Jill Terrian, Associate Professor and Director of the Nurse Practitioner Programs here at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Thanks for coming, Jill. Thanks for having me, Frank. So um, I, Steve's a really common patient in my practice. And, and here in central Massachusetts, where we don't have fluoride in the water, looking in patients' mouths is almost always a nightmare. I agree. I absolutely agree. So tell us, you know, to, to start us off, and then we'll delve into Steve, what, what about periodontal disease? What do you know about it, and what can we tell our listeners? All right. Periodontal disease is, is gum disease. It's inflammation and infection where the tooth meets the gum line. And, well, how does it begin? When you eat, uh, food accumulates. Not all of it um, goes down. And so the way we try to prevent gum disease, as well as dental caries, is brush, brushing and flossing. Now, I'll be honest with you, I do not like flossing. I have really tight teeth, um, but I do try to brush twice a day. And brushing twice a day is the first place you want to go with patients who have periodontal disease. The second thing you want to do is talk about flossing. And if they won't floss, um, the American, Di uh, American Dental Association rec recommends using at least a water floss, something that pushes water between the teeth. Now, why is this flossing piece so important? When you don't brush and you don't floss, plaque forms at the base of the teeth where the teeth meet the gum. And if you don't get that plaque off while it's soft, it can harden, and that's what we call tartar. And tartar is the stuff that many of us know is getting removed when we go to the dentist. It's when they do those scrapings at the bottom of your teeth that makes us all wince. So tartar is a really big risk factor for many adverse outcomes. And things that can make plaque buildup and tartar uh, form are things that we can prevent and things that we can change. So the most important thing, like I said, is brushing and flossing. But there are other things, in particular smoking cessation, um, medications that make your mouth dry, um, having diabetes, and having certain chronic illnesses all increase the risk of periodontal disease. So... In Steve's case, um, how does this affect his glucose metabolism? What does gum disease, how does it interplay? Well, I'll tell you, I didn't know anything about this until I read this paper. And it turns out that gum disease is actually um, 
pretty significant inflammatory reaction that we don't necessarily feel until it hurts, but it does alter glucose metabolism. I don't think that they've come up with a direct relationship from what the gum disease does to how and why we absorb food and how and why we manage um, glucose metabolism, but there's a very strong correlation with patients who have poor gum disease, uh, have significant gum disease, have less well-controlled diabetes, and often have higher risk for other things, maybe even cardiovascular disease. So I think we've, we've been taught forever to look at blood pressure readings and look at A1C levels and, and all sorts of, of markers. This is a clinical exam finding that we should probably both query, ask, uh, ask about, identify, and then aggressively treat. So in this study, what did it tell us about the influence on gum disease? Okay, so this was a 12-month study where they took type 2 diabetics who had moderate to severe periodontal disease, and they, they randomized them to a little bit more aggressive periodontal care, which involved um, scaling and um, uh, aggressive cleaning every three months versus usual care. And at 12 months, with no other changes, the group that had the periodontal care done dropped their A1C by a half a percentage point. Okay, that was statistically significant. They went from 8.3 down to 7.8. That's the only That's thing that they changed, was just working on their gum disease. That is incredible, and what a benefit. Yep, it, and you think about it, a half percentage point is what you get when you add uh, an agent to treat type 2 diabetes. So if he hadn't been on an SGLT2 inhibitor, it would have, that, that drug has the same influence. As, as just getting his gums in shape. Adding long-acting insulin, same thing. Now, there, there were very few adverse risks in this. Um, uh, about 8% in the intervention group developed um, an adverse event versus about 8% in the control group. Interestingly, over the course of the year in this population, one of the people in the inter intervention group died, not related to dental disease, while two in the control group died. So uh, this was a very interesting study that that's had a significant impact on my practice. Um, so let's come back to Steve's case. What, what are we going to do with Steve today? What right. do you see as, you know, moving from simple to complex? What could you recommend? Sure. Well, for starters, Steve, we need to query about how frequently he brushes and how frequently he flosses. And if he isn't doing those things on a regular basis, in particular, he needs to brush before he goes to bed, um, and he needs to get in a regular flossing habit. Those are where you want to start with. The next is something you've probably been doing all along, and that's addressing his smoking. He needs to, he needs to get really serious about smoking cessation, not just for getting his diabetes under control, but for lowering his cardiovascular risk, lowering his lung cancer risk, lowering his risk for COPD. So, so we've got three simple things right out the gate before we do anything else that we, we should do. The next is, is probably, if he's not seeing a dentist regularly, getting him in for regular dental cleanings. I agree. So I think, it, you know, it's tough. It's tough. It depends on, you know, the community you live in. So knowing your resources so that you can help your patients. So what are some of the options that maybe you could refer Steve to if he didn't have a regular dental care or even dental insurance. Right. Well, and many people in middle and low income settings don't have access to dental insurance. So it's a great, great question. Uh, the first thing I do 
uh, with patients if, if I'm worried about something with their mouth is ask them what sort of experiences they've had with the dentist because fear of the dentist is one of those things that in, in, in clinical medicine we don't always worry about, but it, there's a significant portion of the population that are afraid to go to the dentist. Once we've got that cleared up, then we have to find out if they can afford or have coverage. If people don't have coverage, the first place to go is to call your county health department. They'll have a list of resources in your community for what's available. Interestingly enough, when the Affordable Care Act went into place, dental insurance was a requirement for children, but they weren't able to make the requirement exist for uh, adult patients as well, which is really too bad. Um, so if they can't get much help from their county um, health department, they need to poke around a little bit more. It turns out if you're a senior, you can get um, secondary insurance through the AARP for very little money, but you have to be at age 50 or older. For those who don't meet that criteria, there are other ways. Um, Costco in particular is one group that sells a form of dental insurance. It's very, very inexpensive. It covers anyone, and it at least covers the basics. It may not cover new braces so your teeth look great, but it will cover periodontal disease. And it's probably, if you're gonna pay money, it's the simplest thing to do. Lastly, if you've got any relationship to military service, you're the significant other or even a child sometimes, you can get access to dental care through the veteran system. Lastly, um, most cities have dental schools. And if you can query about them, you can get very low cost dental care. And if they don't even have a dental school, they might have a dental hygienist program. And that's really what these people need to start with. Probably 80% of the benefit of treating periodontal disease goes with just simple cleanings twice, two or three times a year. That is great, Frank. All great information, I think, that can be very applicable to Steve and people like him. And we know how important oral health is and the multiple studies that have come out. So thank you very much for this information. Thank you, Jill. Practice pointer. Addressing periodontal disease has a dramatic impact on the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Join us next time when we discuss the relationship between men who can do 40 or more push-ups and cardiovascular risk. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.